Well, good evening. I hope you've got a, an outline. As you came in, you would have hopefully got one of those. Today I want to talk about the peace that Jesus offers you at Christmas. For those of you who are sitting here and those online, some of you, this hasn't been the easiest Christmas, if we did straight about it. Some of you came to this Christmas service not really at peace. And today I've found it's rare, actually, to find people who are truly at peace. I meet people who are busy. I meet people who are anxious and stressed. They're burdened with the cares of this world, and they're tired. It is rare that I meet somebody who is at peace. And yet, God at Christmas sent Jesus to bring us peace. Isaiah predicted this 700 years before Jesus came. Look what he said. A child has been born for us. And God has given us a son. He will be called the Prince of Peace. And then at the first Christmas, the angels also underlined this and announced it. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And lastly, before Jesus went back to heaven, John 14, 27 says, I am giving you the gift of peace. The kind of peace that only I can give. You ain't going to get that at Kmart. It isn't like the peace, the scriptures say, like the world gives. Because if you notice, that peace only lasts for a very short time. It's fragile. It's temporary. God specializes in the eternal. Think about all the peace treaties that don't last. They'll give you an idea of the difference of the peace he's talking about. So this Christmas, I want us to quickly consider the kinds of peace that Jesus offers. And not only the kinds, but how do you and how do you experience this kind of peace? The fact is, again, some of you sitting here today and listening online are tired and frustrated. But you are not here or listening by accident. And God wants to, as you can see from way back before Jesus came, He wants to give you a gift, something that you don't have, of peace. So that you can go into 2020, a brand new decade, enjoying peace rather than worried and anxious. So, firstly, what kind of peace is on offer here? by Jesus, no other supplier, sole supplier of this kind of peace. Actually, I did a study on this this week, and there were 790 verses, so we'll start at verse 1. Actually, no, I've grouped those 790 verses into three groups. I like looking for patterns. There are three kinds of peace. Number one is spiritual peace. Number two is emotional peace, and number three is relational peace. Three types of peace. Spiritual peace is all about eternal peace. Emotional peace is internal. So we have eternal, internal, and then we have external, which is relational peace. Three types of peace. And you may want to write these down. The first one is peace with God. Peace with God. That's spiritual peace. And it's the most important because it's the foundation for everything else on which everything else rests. 
The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 5.18. God sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. Why do we need this? Why do we need this peace? Well, anytime I disobey God or I fight God or I ignore what he says and say, well, I know better than you, I'm actually rebelling against God. And that disconnects us. It breaks the relationship with God. But God does not want us disconnected. That's why he sent Jesus. And in Romans 5.1 it says, Since we are made right, right how? With God by faith in Christ. We have peace with God. Because of what Jesus has, notice these next words, has done for us. You may want to circle done for us. Peace with God doesn't come from what you do. It is not a works-based deal. It's from what Jesus did for you. So peace with God. Romans 5.10 Even though we were his enemies, God made peace with us because his son died for our sins. Now that we're at peace with God, we will be saved for eternity. There's a connection between peace with God and eternity. No peace with God, no eternity with God. Those two are connected. If you have peace with God, you will have eternal peace. Now many religions in this world offer a peace offering to God. They try and offer. It's all what they do. But the Bible says you don't need to do that. Because God's already done that through Jesus. God did it for us. Hebrews 7 and 27. Jesus sacrificed for our sins once and for all. When he offered himself on the cross, that's a transaction. Done deal. It is finished. Payment in full. Right there. You don't have to offer any peace offering to God. You just have to accept Jesus and what he did for you on your behalf. He gave himself to pay the price for your sin. So the first kind of peace is peace with God, which has eternal implications. The second type of peace that he came to bring is peace within me. Speaking to you who struggle, me who struggles from time to time with anxiety. Ever felt stress and anxious? Emotional peace. When I have peace with God, then I get the peace of God inside of me. The Bible calls us literally the peace of God. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God, what does it say? Rule. In other words, top dog. In, inside of you. In your hearts. So God has a peace for every one of your problems. If you want to have anxieties, I mentioned on Sunday that when I get my eyes on me, I get all anxious. When I look at him and he gets bigger, my anxieties go down. I've noticed that inverse relationship. Conversely, if I focus on me, my problems get bigger and God gets smaller in my mind. What are you focusing on today? The third kind of peace, and this is a tough one. This is peace with others. Other people, maybe in your family. The fact is, the further we get away from God's ways, the more conflict we're going to have with others. That's a fact. So how can we have unity when we're so different? <laughs> I had to smile today. As I looked at this platform, I think there's, this is the League of Nations here. I don't think we've got one person from the same country. <laughs> which is great. That's just like the body of Christ. He made every tribe, nation, and tongue, which is awesome. So the Bible says, how can we have unity when we're so different? Here's the answer. Ephesians 2.16. Christ brought us all together. 
through his death on the cross, that cross, the cross gets us to embrace each other and ends the hostility between different groups. I love that. Also, Galatians 3, 28 says, In Christ's family, there is no division between Jew and Gentile, slave or free, or even male and female. In Christ, we are all equal and the same. We're all in a common relationship with Jesus. So these three kinds of peace build on each other. Peace with God, which is external peace. With God, eternal peace. Internal peace with yourself, which leads to external peace with others. Because have you ever noticed the relationship? Hurt people hurt people. People who are wounded lash out often on others. Jesus came to bring you peace there. So, how can you personally enjoy? Those are three types of peace. But how can you, sitting here and listening online, enjoy the peace of God? The Bible says you do three things. And you may want to write these down if they're helpful. Because they're God's words. And his words never send you in the wrong direction. This could be a life-changing moment for you if you'll do what I'm going to talk about from God's words. These are not my opinions. These are God's words. Your stress will go down and your peace quotient will go up. And you will find yourself having a new outlook on life, more optimistic. And this is what the Bible says about how to enjoy the peace. First, I must experience something called a moment of clarity. A moment of clarity. A moment of clarity is a life-changing moment that transforms your thinking because you see everything clear. For the first time often, you see God as he really is. Not as you thought he was. Or how you figured out how you somehow thought you believed him. You see Jesus as he really is. And, and you start to see for the first time why he actually came. And then thirdly, you start to see yourself as you really are. Not as the world says. Because have you noticed the world only accepts you based on your looks? based on your, so which is basically your appearance, or your wealth, or your status, or your possessions. That's how the world judges. You'll be very depressed if you look at that. But God will tell you how you really are loved and accepted in him. Here's what the Bible says about a moment of clarity in Ephesians 1.18. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future that God has called you to share. You catch a glimpse of that, it'll change you. The opposite of a moment of clarity is the word denial. When you have a moment of clarity, here's what happens. I stop blaming others for my unhappiness. And I realize that I'm my own biggest problem. Not my boss, not my sister, not my wife or my husband. It's the way that I am responding to the situation. Not even my kids. I have been in conflict with God and I am a sinner. I'm trying to do things my way rather than his way. And whenever you try to do things in a different way to the way God says, you'll find friction. Luke 11.35 says this, Make sure that the light you think you have is really not darkness. Because the Bible says there is a way which seems right unto a man, but in the end it ends in destruction. Sometimes we delude ourselves. What's Jesus saying here? 
He's saying that you and I have an amazing ability to fool ourselves. You tell yourself things are worse than they really are. Sometimes you'll do that. Sometimes I do that. And sometimes you'll tell yourself that things are really okay. I've got this under control. And guess what? They aren't under control. Until you have a moment of clarity, you don't understand what it feels like to have real peace. And when you've lived so long without peace, you can start to think that all the stress and the anxiety and the fear and the fatigue and the stress is the normal way that I'm meant to live and designed to live. No, it's not. The root cause of much of your stress is thinking, actually, I know better than God. I'm going to do it this way. And I don't need his help. Thank you very much. Isaiah 48, 18 on the screen says this. God's speaking. He says, if you'd only paid attention to my commands, your peace would have flowed like a river. Some of you are lacking peace. God is saying, go back to my commands. I never make a mistake. He said, you'd have more peace if you paid attention to my ways rather than the world's ways. You'd know rather than thinking that you know better. So it starts with a moment of clarity when I'm honest to God and I'm honest with myself and I'm honest with other people. That leads us to the second key that leads to peace after experience a moment of clarity. And here it is. I must express an attitude of humility. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 6, God opposes the prideful. That means every time I'm prideful, I'm on the opposite side of God. And that's a losing proposition. God opposes the proud. But, here's, that's the bad news, the good news is, but he gives grace to the humble. So what touches God's heart is humility. And for me, that normally circles around just a couple of words. God I need help. No fancy prayer, just God, I need help. God is not moved by our complaining or our whining or our arguing or bargaining even. Instead, God works in our lives when we display humility plus faith. His path to peace begins when we humbly admit that God is God and I am not. That's when things start to go in the right direction. Isaiah 26, 12 says, Lord, grant us peace, for all we have and all we are has come from you. Have you ever acknowledged that? All I have and all I am comes from you. As we end this year, some of you are barely hanging on. If that's you, here's a verse and a promise for you. The Lord is close to those whose hearts are breaking. He rescues them, those who are humbly sorry for their sins. There's a principle. He gives grace to the humble. The Bible gives us a practical way to express humility. Here's a big one. And this is probably one of the hardest commands in the whole Bible coming out right now. Here it is. Don't worry about anything. I find that hard. Maybe you do too. Instead, pray about everything. You can panic or you can pray. You can have faith or you can have fear. That's your choice. 
Tell God what you need and then thank him. If you do this, here's the conditional part. Here's the, here's the conditional promise. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far greater than the human mind can understand. And God's peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So let's review what we do to get off the stress train and onto the peace train. You need a moment of clarity and you need an attitude of humility, which leads to the third and final key. A decision of dependency, I expect Jesus to help me. That's what it is. I expect Jesus to help me. That's the faith factor. And Jesus summed it up at the Christmas gift of peace in one verse, three steps that you can follow every day. Number one, he says here, come to me, all of you who are tired. Is that you? And worn out from carrying heavy loads. Anybody can feel that way. And I will give you rest. Yoke up with me and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble. Notice he's got all the power, but he's gentle and he's humble. And you'll find peace and you'll find rest for your souls. Now notice peace and rest for your soul. It's much deeper than physical rest. Your problem is absolutely not overloaded muscles. <laughs> That's not the issue. But it's a mind and your emotions that are weighed down with the cares and the worries of this world, which can strangle the joy and the peace out of you. You see, when the, when the, what the world says is when you're tired and stressed, just go for a holiday to Fiji. Well, that's good for nine or ten days. But the problem with that is you take you with you. <laughs> and the moment you get back into the real world, whoa, I feel these feelings again and I feel these pressures again. You see what I'm saying? That doesn't last. Going to a movie will not give you that type of peace. It will not restore your soul. It may anesthetize you for a brief moment whilst you lose touch with reality. When you're empty, our culture says, you just need more, man. You need more possessions to feel secure. You need to do more to feel more worthy. You need to go more places, experience more things. Jesus says, no, no, you don't need to go anywhere. You need to come. You need to come to me. Come and rest. Come just as you are. Connect with me. Yoke up with me. A yoke helps share the load. He's saying to you, I didn't tend, intend for you to put all this load in your life by yourself and carry it. That's why you're tired all the time inside. We're not talking about physically here. And then he says, learn from me. Do you think it's possible that God may know something more about you being your creator than you do? The moment you say and admit the answer is yes, that's showing humility. Let Jesus change me. So Isaiah 26.3, last verse in your outline. Lord, you Lord give true peace to those who depend upon you because they trust you. So here's the bottom line. Are you tired of being stressed out? With no peace. Well, the Prince of Peace came at Christmas. And he offers you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. And I'm going to finish right now and pray a prayer of peace. And it starts with a moment of clarity that you are not God. People who think they are God, there's a word for that, delusional. <laughs> But sometimes we act like we are, like we can control everything. And then we get stressed because we can't control everything. So we're going to start with a moment of clarity. 
and then some humility to just say, God, I need your help. And then dependency, I come to you, I want to connect with you, I call on you, would you change me? And my question to you is, are you ready to pray a prayer like this? If you are, I'd invite you to just bow your heads as we close this in prayer. As I pray, why don't you say in your mind this Christmas, Dear God, you know the anxiety in my life, the things that even my husband doesn't know about. Jesus Christ, you say you're the Prince of Peace and you came to give the gift of peace at Christmas that only you can give. I need that and I want it. So I want to take these steps. First, I pray that you will flood my heart with light so that I can see things as they really are. Help me to see you as you really are, not as I've just imagined. God, help me to see myself as I really am, not as I pretend to be. God, help me to see other people the way you see them. And help me to see my problems as they actually are, not as I have imagined them to be. I want to make sure that the light is really light and not darkness. I need a moment of clarity. So today I'm expressing an attitude of humility. God, I say to you, all I have and all I am has come from you. I didn't make myself. God, you promised to be close to those whose hearts are breaking. And you promised to rescue those who are humbly sorry for their sins. God, would you do that for me? Would you be close to me and would you rescue me? Would you teach me how to stop worrying and start praying so that I can experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? And Jesus, finally, you said, come to me if I'm tired and worn out. Yoke up with you and learn from you. So today I say, Jesus Christ, as much as I know how, I come to you, I want to connect with you, I want a relationship and friendship with you. I want to learn to love you and to know and get to know you better every day. And Father, I give you permission to change me. Lord, you promised true peace to those who depend upon you. So today I'm saying I want to trust you with my life for the rest of my life. I want you to be the general manager of my life. I want you to be in charge. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Would you help me to understand that more? Help me to follow you in humility and gentleness. I humbly pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.